Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I have another special guest on today's episode, which I'm very excited and grateful to have her here today. Our guest today is Brooke. Kikos. Brooke helps those who feel alone and lost to discover their truth and stand in their personal power using her training as an intuitive life coach, rapid transformational therapist, so RTT, and psychotherapist and hypnotherapist. Um, She is currently working on her book as well. She is a speaker to help get others in their own transformation. And she is the owner of Life Coaching Goddess. Her passion and purpose is to help others heal from past traumas, toxic relationships, and limiting beliefs that are no longer serving them. So I love this conversation. Um, Thank you so much, Brooke, for sharing your time and being on the podcast today. And I guess just to get started, can you tell us maybe a little bit more about your background, what brought you to do this work that you're doing? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. I appreciate it so much. Um, My background, honestly, it's so long, we could be here all day. So I will try to keep it as short and to the point. Um, I was actually raised um, in a cult. Um, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. And so it was a very controlling um, religion where it was like you were demanded to do certain things a certain way and live certain principles and all of those types of things. And I broke free um, of that um when I was actually still married but my ex-husband found out the truth of that in 2017 um and so while that happened all of those years happened I was also had some childhood wounding when I was younger I was raised by a narcissistic father um and those emotional wounds ran deep and so the marriage that I got trapped into for 17 years was the same type of relationship um so same type of toxic cycles Um, and I felt that I needed to do something different for myself. Um, when I broke free from the religion in 2017, I ended up getting divorced that same year, um, from my ex-husband, um, and the pain that I endured from the, not only being trauma bonded to him, but, um, also losing my family and my friends, because once you leave that religion, you lose everything. So you don't have your same friends. Um, your family looks at you differently. They stop talking to you. You stop being able to see them. They don't want anything to do with you because you are considered um, evil, if you will, <laughs> or you're considered that um, you're just not able to be part of everything again. Um, and so it's really, it was a difficult place for me to be in. And so I was kind of lost trying to find myself. Um, I had been in the beauty industry for a long time, almost 18 years. And I realized that it wasn't fulfilling me anymore. It was great to make people feel beautiful on the outside, but I was realizing that it was, you know, not fulfilling me anymore. 
And then in 2020, um, I, we lost, um, my ex-husband, which is the father of my two sons to addiction. And so when I lost him to addiction and I saw the pain and the grief that my boys were going through, my whole life changed. Um, and I realized that I wanted to do something that helped people, um, and fix them on the inside. And so that's where I started um, to look into rapid transformational therapy and, um, start helping people really live their best lives. That's, that's like, thank you for sharing your story. And yeah, like you said, there's a lot of pieces to that, that we could probably, you're right. Could talk about a long time. There's a lot of pieces. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, just from everything you've gone through from that trauma that you've been through and the experiences and, um, to come out of that in a space where, yeah, helping people and, and basing on too of what you've gone through yourself and kind of having that personal experience with what worked for you and, and how you were able to navigate it. So I think that's so wonderful that now you're serving others with what you've learned from your own experience. Like that's, that's amazing. And, um, and so valuable for people. Cause it's when you're in that scenario or those situations, it's nice to be able to talk to someone who's gone through something similar or some, someone who understands it. Um, so that's, yeah. that's really wonderful that you're doing the work you're doing. I love that. Um, can we talk a little bit about like, I guess the idea of like these toxic relationships and, um, that people may, may be in, maybe coming out of and, and working through, like, how can someone identify that? And like, for me, it kind of comes into like the trauma piece as well. Like when we say trauma, mm-hmm. trauma feels like a really big word and some people don't think that even what they've gone through could be trauma. Maybe they think trauma has to be like a loss of life or something really big to be considered trauma. But I think that, yeah, that toxic relationship and that, that trauma piece can all kind of be part, kind of part of the same. And, and so maybe helping people identify that or what that looks like. Yeah, wholeheartedly. I am. I agree with you because trauma is, you know, people hate that word. They think of it as a yucky word, right? Um, but what people don't realize that I've noticed with the women that I work with, and that's honestly, that's my passion, right? It's working with women that one are in toxic relationships. They know something's not right. Right. And if it was for me, even in the relationship, I knew something wasn't, was amiss, Right. But when you get in these cycles of these highs and these lows, which is exactly what a toxic relationship is like, you know, you have these wonderful moments where, um, you know, the abuser, the abuser or the narcissist is, is, you know, love bombing you and making you feel wonderful. And then the next minute he's abusing you, right? The next minute he's making you feel like trash and you're worthless and he's manipulating you and making you feel, you know, less than, Um, but you're so used to those things. We literally in those relationships, our minds and our bodies get addicted to that high and that low. Um, it's no different. You know, I always give, um, the analogy to my clients is it's no different than a drug addict or an alcoholic. Um, we get used to this type of drug because that is what we're used to, right? We don't know anything different. Um, and for myself, it was the same thing. I didn't know anything different. Um, cause it's all I'd known since I was a child was those type of cycles and to be in fear and all of those things. And so for women that get trapped in these same type of cycles, um, I think that they don't even realize it, but it's also the minute that you say that your body, right. Or your intuition is kind of kicking in and kind of saying, Oh no, there's something not right here. There's something amiss, um, is the moment where you start to question everything. 
and you start to like be curious and say, okay, what's not right about this? You know, why, why am I questioning this? Why am I feeling like something's wrong here? And I think that's the biggest key in this because for me, it was a moment um, actually where I realized, okay, something, I don't know why I'm continuing this pattern. It was almost like a light bulb went off all of a sudden. I was realizing that, oh my God, I hadn't known that I was married to a narcissistically abusive man for 17 years. And all of a sudden I was like, started researching what a narcissist was, how they worked, what their mind, you know, worked like, the, manipulate, the manipulative tactics and all of those things. And then I started to realize, oh, okay. Like I was starting to get my awareness of why I had felt like something wasn't right. Um, and that was the moment when I started to break free a little bit from the relationship, getting the knowledge, wrapping um, your mind around the fact that, okay, something is wrong here. And my body and my mind have been trying to tell me, it's just, it was so used to the cycle that it's hard to break free from that. Um, and again, that's kind of where that trauma bond comes in. Um, it's really hard to break free from that, but it's about being able to um, get the awareness and then learn you cannot have contact with them. Um, and that's what I teach my clients is, you know, really going no contact is really key on getting clarity um, of how toxic it really has been, how they have manipulated your mind and made you feel um, so much confusion that you really lose your sense of self. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you kind of touching on the intuition piece and not that inner knowing that's such an important um piece that we have as our yeah inner tool, our inner guide to tap into. And it's sometimes difficult to do when we're in the midst of it, but it's in those like quiet moments. And if you can feel that, like you said, in your body, in your mind. Um, and I love the piece where you talked about just getting knowledge, how that was really empowering for you. Getting more information mm -hmm. was a good first step or kind of to understand it more. So I, lo I love that for anyone out there who might be thinking, Hey, this isn't maybe the perfect relationship or the relationship I had in mind, yeah. you know, what, yeah. what else can I do or what, what can I do to kind of look into this more and um, understand what's, what's going on. So that knowledge piece, which is so important. Um, what about you had on your, I've noticed on your Instagram too, you talk about codependency. So I thought that mm -hmm. was an interesting one. Maybe we can talk a little bit about, well, what is codependency? How does it show up? How can you identify that? Cause that's, that's not a great relationship pattern either. So yeah. what exactly is codependency? So codependency honestly starts from, you know, again, from your childhood, right? You know, who were you in the relationship in your, in your family? Were you the caretaker? Were you the rebel? Were you um, the good golden child or, you know, or were you the sick one, right? Where you showed up in life kind of differently. And for a lot of people that are codependent is when they, um, as children are having to either kind of show up as already an adult, like they have a parent that is you know, unfortunately not able to take care of themselves or, you know, kind of expecting them to kind of be the parent or be responsible. Um, then they start to feel like they have to take care of everybody else and they don't just take care of themselves. Um, and so codependency really takes over us. It really does because we start to become people pleasers and we start to show up in life where um, we feel like we don't have any sense of self and we feel like we have to be someone else for us to be loved. And so that codependency just makes us feel as if we 
have to have this person, right? This relationship. And that's a lot of the reason why people can't leave the toxic relationship because they feel like if they don't have this person, they're going to die or they're, you know, their heart's going to be broken. They're never going to find anybody else um, because they haven't given themselves that self-love um, and been able to move past um, some of those, those feelings of when they were a child as well. And so it'll just play out into their adulthood, unfortunately. And I didn't realize honestly how codependent I was um, until I really started to do the healing work. And I realized, oh my gosh, I've, I've done this all the time where I've felt like other people, um, you know, I've tried to help other people and, and do that to my own expense, right? Where I just drained all of my energy because I thought I had to fix other people. And that's one of the biggest traits of codependency is you feel like you have to fix others. And you until you can realize that everybody's other choices that they make are not have nothing to do with you and you don't have to help fix other people that really you can only control you and you can control how you feel how you show up how your thoughts come into play um and realize that you know at the end of the day you are enough right and not worry about anybody else um it's about creating healthy boundaries too Healthy boundaries are huge. Um, if you've been a codependent or healing from codependency, <laughs> having healthy boundaries with people and making sure you keep those for yourself, for your own mental health. Yeah, that's big what you're saying here. And I think, I don't know if it's just sometimes like women, like I think of myself and it's that mm -hmm. people pleasing, I've had that inside of me for so long. It's just, yeah, you always put other people's needs ahead of your own. And mm -hmm. especially then as a mom, you just that too yes. comes so naturally. Okay. I, you know, I put my daughter's needs ahead of my own. And so it's that taking care of other people, but you're right. That just, um, the, the inner peace and, um, yeah, like making sure, you know, that you can't control. And, and that's, that's a very hard one to get your yeah. head and mind around is that I can't, I can't fix, I can't change someone else's life in that, that way. Like I, I have, you know, my, my ability, I can control myself and what I do, but I can't make decisions and, and life choices for other people. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing is for us to get over that, um, that feeling, that guilt, right. It's like what we call like the mom guilt, right. You know, we're like, oh, we have to, we have to put our kids first. Right. Which, yeah, we, that's our job, right. We're moms. Okay. Um, but at the same time, if we don't take care of ourselves first, we're not teaching our children that who comes first, right? Because if our cup is not full and we have, then we're not giving, be able to give to anybody else, right? Um, and I think that was one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn that it was okay to take care of me. It was okay to make sure that my needs and what I needed was met first because then I was able to give, um, you know, an abundance to, to everyone else. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. So that's why we do it. It's not selfish. Yeah. It's not, not no, yeah, I remember that it's not selfish. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you mentioned two healthy boundaries there. I think we can all use a little touch, uh, like a refresher on, on boundaries and healthy boundaries. Like that's, I think such mm -hmm. an important conversation. Um, especially I think for women, we, we sometimes I think can be the ones that struggle with setting boundaries and creating healthy boundaries. Yes. Yes. Well, because as women, like we like to feel like we got to take it all on, right? We got to do this and we're going to handle this and we're going to, you know, show up and help everybody. 
um, because that's just our nature, right? We are, we're naturally nurturing. Um, and so that's what we want to do. So in order to create those healthy boundaries, I mean, healthy boundaries show up in so many ways. It's not only just in relationships, but I mean, it also comes in play in the workplace, right? You know, not being somebody that can say, you know, I'm not going to take this on. This is not my responsibility. Um, this is someone else's responsibility, or I have too much on my plate and being able to say, you know what, I can't do this right now. Um, and so little things as in friendships, right? Sometimes we give our, ourselves so much and we don't give back. Um, and so, you know, relationships are about giving and receiving. So recognizing when you're doing all the giving and you're then you're not receiving, right? So if you're doing all the giving, realizing, oh, I got to set a boundary with that person. And I got to say, no more, you know, I'm not, I'm giving too much of myself and I'm not getting any back. So maybe this is not a friendship that I, that serves me any longer. Um, and I think as you know, everyone has growth cycles, you know, we outgrow friends and whatnot, because eventually we have our own growth and we realize, okay, that person really doesn't, you know, that they don't align with me anymore or they don't align with my values or, you know, whatnot. And then in relationships, I think boundaries are even more important even if you are in a healthy relationship, right? It's still being able to say, oh, you know, I need to take a minute for myself. Um, I just need to have some me time. You know, you don't always have to give of yourself all the time or be with your partner or mate or husband all the time. It is sometimes just saying, I need to do something for me and, and, and not feeling guilty about it, right? Making sure you're taking care of yourself um, over and over again. Yeah. Is there like a good way to maybe like verbalize boundaries? If that's some of the uncomfort level, like people have with it, it's almost like, mm -hmm. do you want to just avoid it altogether or to just not have to deal with it? But like, how do you have those conversations? If it feels like it would be a difficult conversation to somehow verbalize the boundary that you're hoping to set with someone. Yeah. And I can see how, what you mean. Those can be uncomfortable, right? Because it's not something normally that we would do, especially if we are chronic people pleasers, right? It's hard for us to be like, oh, I'm going to all of a sudden start setting boundaries, right? <laughs> like, here I come, I'm going to set some boundaries. And then people are looking at you like, what is happening here? Um, so I'll be honest, like when I started doing that for myself, it wasn't comfortable. <laughs> you know, it was uncomfortable. Um, you know, I'll teach you a rule of the mind here um, that is, you know, everybody learns in, in rapid transformational therapy, and that is the mind likes what is familiar. Okay, so anything that you do on a repetitive basis is this is a neural pathway that you have created. Um, and so the mind likes to stay there. And so when you start to do things that are unfamiliar to the mind, the mind is like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. I don't like to be here. Um, so it's about practicing, right? Practicing and saying, you know what, I'm going to take some power back here and I'm going to say, I'm going to set this boundary. I know it doesn't feel good in this moment and it feels really uncomfortable, but I know the more that I do it, the better that my mental health is, the better that I am going to be able to show up in life and honestly show up in relationships, right? Because if you're coming from a drained place and you're not setting those boundaries, you are going to be mentally exhausted. Because you're just like, oh, I never set that boundary. And then you're going to resent that person because you didn't set the boundary, right? It's like this vicious cycle. So it's all about like really being able to say, you know what, it's okay. I'm going to feel comfortable. I'm just going to say this how it is. Like, I, I don't feel comfortable doing this anymore. I'm going to set the boundary. And 
hopefully they receive it well, right? And if they don't, then that's on them, right? Because that you are not responsible for how they feel. You're only responsible for how you feel. So that's again, taking your control back and taking your power back and saying, I don't have to worry about how they feel about it. I'm setting this boundary because it feels good to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So saying, yeah, like, I hope it goes well, but you're right. I, I don't have yeah. control over the outcome and just accepting that. Exactly. Big, exactly. big step, but important. Big step. Um, big step. Yeah. And you talked about, so you did talk about uh, like the work you do, um, rapid transformational therapy, um, hypnotherapy work. Can you tell listeners a bit about what that is, what that looks like um, for anyone who's unfamiliar with it and you know how that works, how it can help people that are maybe in, have been in these maybe toxic relationships and things like that kind of bringing back there, getting back their power, like you said, and, and feeling more yes. empowered. For sure. Um, honestly, in this journey, this is what helps me heal so much quicker. Um, you know, I had been in therapy, normal therapy for years, um, but I always had felt stuck. I felt like I was, you know, kind of making progress, but I was still having the same triggers. They were still showing up in the same way. I would still not be able to understand the difference sometimes from my trauma, my PTSD. Um, and it was clouding um, my, it was clouding everything. It was clouding my intuition. It was clouding how I was showing up um, in my own relationship with my own partner. Um, it was just really difficult. So rapid transformation, uh, transformational therapy works with the subconscious mind. And so subconsciously, we are running, you know, these limiting beliefs, these old programs, all the way from childhood, things that have happened, traumatic experiences. And sometimes, honestly, things come up in these hypnotherapy sessions that are not even traumatic. It is just something that we took um, our perception from an experience that made us feel, you know, whatever it was, um, not enough or unloved or um, the fact that we, you know, are never going to be good enough for somebody. Um, and then we're replaying those in our day to day, um, because we have these subconscious programming just running in the background, right? Because our subconscious mind is more powerful than our conscious mind. Um, and so, and people don't really kind of understand sometimes those rules of the mind or how powerful that subconscious mind really is. And so once you really understand that piece, it like, unlocks the key of why you're feeling stuck in these limiting beliefs. And it's super powerful because um, through hypnosis, you know, we can go to these times of what is, um, you know, limiting you. For, for instance, I had a client the other day, um, she doesn't understand why she was procrastinating. Um, and procrastination was just overtaking her life. And it's been like that ever since she could remember, um, you know, and then they go back to a scene where why they depressed procrastinate. And it was just something that it created this subconscious program for her to continue to doing it. And once she realized that, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. It doesn't serve me anymore. It keeps me stuck. You're able to let that go. She can move forward. Um, and then you can help the mind learn by repetition. And so they get a transformation recording um, that incorporates the positive language or the thing that they're wanting to overcome the positive side of that. So once they learn that, their mind listens to that and they recreate, you know, their reality, um, which is pretty powerful, right? Because if you think about it, um, it's no different than an, than an athlete or a musician. The more they repeat um, the thing that they do wonderfully, 
the more they become perfect at it, right? Because the mind creates those neural pathways um, to make them great at what they do, um, whether that be, you know, a runner or a musician or whatever. Um, it's the same thing with the mind. Um, you can create those new neural pathways by incorporating the language um, for what you need to overcome that limiting belief, whatever's keeping you stuck, that negative pattern. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think of like training and learning, like, and I think we forget that as adults, like as kids, we're learning all the time and getting practice. And, um, but as adults, we're expected, we feel like we're supposed to know it all and there's no more learning at that stage. It's like, no, I'm just supposed to know this, but we do have to train ourselves and learn to, to make these changes. Um, does this kind of work, like work on anyone? Like if someone's doubting, you know, would that work for me, like hypnotherapy or, or this type of therapy, would you say like, it does work for any, everyone, or is there certain people it works better for anything like that? Yes. This literally can work for anyone and everyone. Um, you know, I have helped people overcome things from, you know, lack of confidence to, you know, procrastination, like we talked about, um, to old triggers and habits, right. Um, that were from, you know, either some type of PTSD or, um, something that happened in their relationships, um, anything from phobias to fears. I mean, you name it, it can, we can take any presenting problem and reverse it. Um, reprogram the mind and, and become free of it. You know, I have women that come to me that in business where they're struggling in their businesses because they have a limiting belief that they're, you know, a failure or they have imposter syndrome or, you know, they have these other things where they just think that they're never going to be successful um, in incorporating the opposite of the way that they feel and then helping them understand why they feel like they're going to be a failure. Um, you know, tapping into the subconscious mind with the hypnotherapy is so empowering for these, these people to understand why they're, they're already self-sabotaging themselves, right? Because if you can get rid of the self-sabotage, I mean, you can become limitless in what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you just don't even realize how many places in your life it shows up. Like I work with people and their money and there's so many limiting beliefs that we take on about money throughout our entire lives. And it's so impactful if you can remove some of those limiting beliefs that aren't yours, probably that you took on from, you know, parents or other people and, and they're still with you though. And, and how much that could be impacting your own money story and where you are in your wealth journey, um, that that can be limitless too. money is energy yeah. money is, um, abundant and seeing it differently than it's money is hard or it's scarce or there's not enough. And, um, so, I, I'm a true believer of these, like and how they show up in so many different elements and aspects of our lives. And you're right. Especially it's when, you, when you're in women in business, I see it with two and, and thinking maybe they can't achieve, you know, the, these really big goals or, um, that, you know, they have to sort of play small or, or see like, yeah. this is the only potential my business has. And it's like, well, no, not at all. It could be, could be anything. That's so that that resonates so much with me. I actually had a client literally last week. Um, you know, we were working on her her lack of 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 abundance, of her scarcity mindset. Um, I see that so much, and I will be honest, I see that I saw that in myself. I had to get over my money story. I had a money story too, and I had to get past that. And my money story was that I was taught um, as a child, being in the cult that I was, they took it from the Bible that money is evil, 
money is the root of all evil that was in, literally brainwashed into our brains. And so it was like, oh, I can't have money. Like, oh, having this money is bad. I should feel guilt. I should feel shame, right? Um, so I had to get over my own money story. And then the client last week, it was the same thing for her. It was different. Her parent, her mom always told her that they never had enough, but they always had, they always had food on the table. They always had a, a nice house, a nice car, but her mom was always telling her that they never had enough money. And so she just had this subconscious belief that she just never was going to have enough. And so she played small in her business and she suffered for it. And so now I gave her the power to understand why she felt that way for all these years and these scenes that came up in her mind. And she was like, oh my gosh, this is going to change my life. Right. Um, and now she's able to be free of that. So yeah, the women, men alike, everybody, there always is a story behind something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so it's getting to the bottom of the story. Like you said, reprogramming it, um, those beliefs, those patterns, we have yeah. to actually like stop them and, and re replace them with something else. Yes, exactly. Re replace them with the positive life that you're wanting to create your dream life. Right. I mean, everybody is big talk on the law of attraction and manifestation. Right. Yep. Um, but it's also, you got to change your thoughts, right? You change your thoughts, you heal your mind, you change your life. Like I'm a big believer of that. You have to do it. Um, and once you do that, I mean, you create such a different reality for yourself. Yeah. And these tools, like, so using the rapid transformational therapy and hypnotherapy, it sounds like then these are just kind of speeding you through the process or almost it's like a shortcut to get you to that end result yeah. quicker. It is like, I always say no one needs regular therapy anymore. I mean, you could still use it, but I'm like, there's, there's more, um, better, faster modalities out there, rapid transformational, um, included, um, that can get you to, you know, living your most authentic life quicker. Yeah. Um, and why not? Right. And that's the whole reason why I started this business um, is because I saw what, how it transformed me. Um, and I was like, everybody needs this. <laughs> the whole world yeah. needs this. You know what I mean? Um, to be able to um, conquer their minds and know that they can have their power back. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And what about just the day to day? Like if people are on this journey of, you know, working on these limiting beliefs to get rid of them, um, to change these patterns, how, like if they come up against like the day-to-day -day challenges or like little bits of it, cause the, I'm the same way with my money story. It's been like a ongoing journey. And so it still comes up for me sometimes. Um, mm. is there any sort of like tools or ideas that they can use on a day-to-day -day when these, when they're coming up against these Yes. So I always tell, I'm huge in, about affirmations, right? Okay. Um, the more that you can say, you know, when things happen, I mean, we're all guilty of it, right? We're only human. We're going to, you know, we're going to be sometimes really hard on ourselves, right? Um, you know, I'll still have moments where I'm like, oh, I'm going back into my old thinking, right? The minute you can just say, no, I don't have to go there. You know, I'm safe. That's, that was my trauma. Like that I'm, I'm, I'm safe here now in this moment. I don't have to feel that dissociation or, you know, all the other things that came with PTSD. Uh, it's about making a conscious decision every day to say, no, no, no I'm going to show up differently today. Every day, I know it's, you know, this is part of the healing journey. This is part of realizing that's an old story. I don't need that anymore. It doesn't serve me. 
So if it comes back up again, you know, just tell myself, you know, whatever I need to hear, the positive language I need to hear. Um, take a moment, step outside, um, you know, take a breather from whatever's going on in that stressor in that moment or how you're feeling. Or if you're sitting there and you're worrying about your bills and you're going over your bills and you're freaking out, right? Take a breath and just say, no, 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 I'm okay. Like, this is fine. I got this. Um, you know, and just take a moment for those that have PTSD. I always tell them the biggest thing is, um, taking a moment, deep breathing, look at, look for five things you see here, feel, touch, um, to bring you back to the present moments. Um, cause I always like to tell people that, um, the past is where depression and sadness lives. The future is where anxiety lives. If you are living in the present moment, you don't have anything to worry about. Just be present. It really helps so much in your healing journey. That's beautiful. I love that for people to remember that one. So yeah. being in the moment. Yes. Yes. Being in the moment. Um, because the minute we start to worry and we're anxious and we're like, Oh, how are we going to figure this out or pay this bill or whatever, you know, we're automatically just creating another story. We're creating a story, um, that we don't need to, to create. It's just going to cause us anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And the worry about what's to come in the future. I have a lot exactly. of that. Yeah. I think that's like yeah. mom life too. You're like, what if this happens? What if that happens? And Cause you're right. looking out we for go down these rabbit holes, yes. right? We go down these rabbit holes and we're really, I mean, it doesn't serve us, right? Like going, ruminating these thoughts or going down these paths. I mean, it doesn't serve us because really if we're living in the present moment, we don't need to think about all those things, these what ifs, right? Cause those are the things that we can't control. Mm-hmm. All we can control is right now, this very second. Mm-hmm. And so reminding ourselves of that, I think is probably the most powerful thing for us. And every time we see ourselves running around and wanting to go down rabbit holes, we're like, no, no, no just, <laughs> just <Yeah>. stop, <laughs> just stay yeah. present, figure out how I can get back into this present moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that, like you said, that identifying five things you see, you hear, you smell. Okay. I love yeah. that. And just say, remind yourself I'm safe in this moment. If it's triggering things from past or from past pain or trauma, it's, that's not happening yeah. to me right now. Like realizing, you know, yeah, if you're just in your home or in your office or work setting or something, and you're safe in that moment, then that's, that's not yeah. reality. Exactly. And I always thought, you know, they sometimes, you know, a lot of my clients, I do coaching besides just the therapy, because it's like, you know, they need somebody, they need the support, they need that weekly support to, to check in and say, okay, this came up for me this week, how do I, how do I work on this? Or how do I feel through this, right? Yeah. Um, because, you know, trauma and all of those other things that have happened in the past, um, you know, they're all can be stuck still in the body and those things are going to come up and you need to learn how to work through the emotion. Okay. You know, and work through those feelings and whatnot. And so, um, but once you do that, you, each time that you show up and you do the work and you do the healing work, um, you just create so much more peace for yourself because you can start to just really, be able to feel settled and be like, no, I got this, you know, I can actually go through this moment and not panic, not freak out and, you know, not do my old behaviors anymore. They start to show up in a new way. A lot of growth. I love it. Growth. We love growth, growing. Yes. Growth mindset. Yes. 
yeah, being your best self, like you said, it's just, yeah, it's enhancing what we already are, what we already have within us. Um, so thank you so much, I guess, to be mindful of, of time. Um, can you just let us know maybe where listeners can reach out to you or find you if they have any you know, questions or want to continue this conversation or explore some of these modalities with you? Yeah, of course. They can um, find all my information on my website. It's lifecoachinggoddess.com. Um, they can set up a free complimentary session with me, um, and I can help them understand, um, also, you know, how I can help them and also explain really what I do and how powerful it really is, because it helps people to understand, um, a little bit more about the mind. Um, cause some people are like, ah, hypnotherapy, that sounds scary, but it's really not. Um, it's, we're in hypnotic states all the time when we're driving and we end up and we're like at home and we're like, how did I get here? I didn't even, I wasn't even paying attention hypnotic state, right? It's yeah. just, it's literally a brainwave, everybody. It's nothing to be scared about. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Brooke. I love this. I love these ideas. Um, again, like we said, speeding up that journey through these, like taking a shortcut to get to that personal growth and, and be in your power and um, is something that I think we can all, can all use a little of that. That's good. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was great. Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning into this episode and I will catch you on next week's episode. Goodbye for now. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much, and I will catch you next time.